0: Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm your host, Karen Curtis. Look at you! You have a baby! In a bar! <laughs> One of my favorite scenes from the movie Sweet Home Alabama, Reese Witherspoon there. It is odd to have a baby in a bar, but what about actually having a baby in a bar? Like giving birth to it or in a taxi? Sometimes pregnant women are forced to deliver in strange places like in an airplane at 30,000 feet, in an automobile alongside the road. In fact, some of the strangest places that women have given birth include the lobby of an apartment building, in an Uber, in an elevator, in a Chick-fil-A bathroom, in a tree, in a strip club parking lot, and on a lifeboat. You get the picture. When it's time, it's time. That baby is coming out. But what happens to a pregnant woman who's arrested and locked up behind bars? Not a place that you wanna be if you're a mother to be. You have a baby. Behind bars. Just this year, a transgender inmate was transferred out of an only women's prison in New Jersey for impregnating two female inmates. So sometimes you can get knocked up while behind bars or arrested when there's already a bun in the oven. In some recent cases in Broward County, pregnant women were forced to give birth to their baby by themselves on the floor of their cell. I kid you not. This is so confusing because there are so many cases that happened all at one time that it's hard to keep them all straight. So I'm going to try to do that for you. In fact, this past fall, a 19-year-old woman and her unborn child died from pregnancy complications while in custody at the Okeechobee County Jail. Having a baby and giving birth is the privilege of any mother. But it is also very scary and something that requires, obviously, help from doctors and nurses in a hospital setting. I was so concerned about having my daughter back in 1994. I went for a power walk and my water broke weeks before I was due. My friend had delivered a baby boy a month ahead of me and he was huge and did massive damage with his big shoulders. So, knowing that babies grow exponentially in the final weeks, I was super scared. Then, I had two epidurals and 32 hours of labor, and finally, my beloved Katrina popped out. It was rough, but she was perfect. But not as rough as it would be if you're an inmate having a baby behind bars. And for this inmate, she died due to complications from her pregnancy. September 13, 2022, the female inmate, Caitlin Joy Barnes, she was only 19, was found not breathing in her bunk during morning roll call checks. Efforts to revive her were made by detention staff and paramedics, but she was dead. Officials believe that she suffered from symptoms of eclampsia, help syndrome, and acute fatty liver during pregnancy. That's according to the sheriff's office. HELP is an acronym for hemolysis elevated liver enzymes and low platelets. And eclampsia is a condition in which one or more convulsions occur in a pregnant woman with high blood pressure, often followed by a coma. This poses a significant threat to the health of the mother and the baby. So the county medical examiner's office there in Okeechobee determined the cause of death after an autopsy on Caitlin Barnes, who had been held in jail since May 18th. Okay, so why was Barnes in jail anyway? Well, there was a probable cause affidavit that led detectives to charge her with transmission of child porn, possession of child porn, and sex act involving an animal. I don't even want to know about it. But she still didn't deserve to die from complications from her pregnancy.
1: I can tell you I am highly disgusted at the allegations that we're looking at right now.
0: Then another North Broward jail inmate identified as Stephanie Bredis, she's only 28, gave birth to a boy on the floor of her cell September 27, 2020, three months after Florida changed its law to prevent it. The chief assistant public defender, Gordon Weeks, reported deputies ignored her cries for help while she was in labor, and he sent a letter to Sheriff Gregory Tony and Sheriff Tony fired two top administrators at the jail on October fifteenth, twenty twenty, just twenty four hours after learning of the incident. Here is the Broward County Assistant Public Defender Gordon Weeks.
1: I feel um, very disappointed in how the system is is working for, for women to see it happen again, and to see it happen so very shortly after the passage of a law that was put in place specifically to address what occurred now, let's say you you didn't have any care or concern for the mother but please could you have some compassion for the child the unborn child
0: yeah it's the second time in two years a woman had given birth in her cell instead of being taken to a hospital and it came just a few months after the new florida law took effect protecting the rights of incarcerated pregnant women here is sheriff gregory Tony.
1: And my Lieutenant Colonel and Colonel, who are the two core heads of that particular Department of Detention, failed. They failed me, they failed this community, they failed to meet my standards, and they most certainly did not issue out the initiatives in terms of training and adjustments that we had learned during the Tammy Jackson incident that occurred less than a year ago. And so I don't have to hesitate. There's no union component that's associated to command-level employees, and everyone understands that. And I think that gives me an opportunity not to hesitate when I see something wrong that's occurring at that level.
0: So Sheriff Tony fired the colonel and lieutenant saying that they had grossly failed his agency and the inmate.
1: The two core heads of that particular department of detention failed. They failed me, they failed this community. When we are wrong, I will tell you we are wrong. And when we are right, I will tell you we are right. And we have not been right in the sense of what we could have done if these allegations are true.
0: Now, Brettis, who had mental illness, gave birth after screaming for help from jail staff who ignored her. She was being kept in an infirmary cell, and medical records showed that she complained of contractions and labor pains for over 12 hours before delivering the baby boy. Here again is the assistant Broward public defender, Gordon Weeks. From
1: 4 o'clock that morning, she had noted that she had started having contractions. It wasn't until 10 o'clock that morning that the baby was delivered. And it's totally inappropriate that they allowed that to happen when they are in the position to safeguard not only our safety, but her health and the well-being of our
0: child. So the inmate had the baby in a jail cell after a law was passed preventing it from happening. The Tammy Jackson Healthy Pregnancies for Incarcerated Women Act passed in Florida after another inmate delivered her baby alone in an isolation cell in 2019. It calls for pregnant women to be hospitalized Once labor begins. In the latest case, she should have been taken to the hospital hours before she gave birth, according to the public defender Gordon Weeks. But nurses didn't even enter her cell until her water broke, and by then it was too late to move her. Here's Sheriff Tony.
1: The issue that I'm concerned about doesn't come down to policy and training, it comes down to decency, it comes down to discretion, it comes down to using common sense. There are some things that are in policy that makes it easier for those type of decisions to be made. But we need to make sure that people are using a humanistic approach when they're dealing with the mental health personnel we have inside these jails. Even our violent offenders, even the most egregious violent offenders that we have to have care, custody, and control over. It's a 3C principle. Care, custody, and control. That's the primary function of the Department of Detention. Where's the care when we're not using good decisions in terms of someone who is pregnant? Where's the care uh, when we're talking about someone who is calling for help? These are my concerns.
0: The whole arrest process of Stephanie Bredas of Boca Raton did not show any care for the fact she was pregnant. So, she was living in Boca Raton. She was arrested on a burglary charge in early September. She was accused of staying illegally in a nearby home for a week while the owner was out of state. The owner called police, the Boca Raton Police Department. Now, Stephanie resisted arrest kicked deputies, and the arrest report made no mention of her pregnancy, but officials knew she was pregnant and suffering from acute mental illness shortly after her arrest. Now, days later, she was pepper sprayed during an altercation with deputies, despite knowing she was pregnant, pepper sprayed. Medical records cited her physical aggressiveness as a factor in nurses and deputies' failure to properly handle her medical needs. Her attorney said behavioral concerns made it even more important that she be housed in a hospital. Quote, she was left alone in a cell while she was clearly screaming in pain. Rather than make the appropriate health-related decisions to medically treat a mentally ill patient in crisis and tend to the needs of her unborn child, detention staff administered no medical assistance, and merely stood idly by, observing her pain from outside her cell." The sheriff had opened an internal affairs investigation to determine whether the health care provider or sheriff's deputies violated laws or policies. He said he was highly disgusted over what happened in October of 2020. The woman was ordered released without bond two days after the child was born, and the sheriff has fired the Department of Detention Colonel and Lieutenant after the inmate gave birth in her jail cell. This whole situation with the Boca Raton inmate, Happened just a couple of months after a law was passed, the Tammy Jackson Act, after an inmate named Tammy Jackson, who also was taken to an empty jail cell, left alone. And almost seven hours later, they found the 34-year-old woman holding her own newborn daughter. April 2019, (laughs) they heard a baby crying when they approached her cell and there she was holding her baby. (laughs) You have a baby in your cell. So, she's a mentally ill pregnant woman. Once again, mental illness involved. She was forced to give birth by herself in a Broward County jail cell. Yes, it happened again in Broward County. She was reportedly bipolar, schizophrenic. She had drug addiction, homelessness. The jailer said that she heard the baby cry while approaching Tammy's cell and that the pregnant female had a spontaneous delivery and no injuries were noted. She was forced to crouch down and just catch the baby, which was full term. The 34-year-old with mental illness began complaining to officers about contractions about 3 in the morning. On April 10th, more than four hours later, members of the sheriff's office spoke to an on-call doctor who said that he would check when he arrived. According to the defense attorney, the physician clocked in and did see her. That was around 10 a.m. and her water had already broken. But when a woman goes into labor, many things can go wrong. Black women, like Ms. Jackson, are three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy complications than white women, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Ms. Jackson was charged in January with possession of cocaine and had been in an isolation cell because she was pregnant. Mr. Weeks, the public defender, said that Ms. Jackson told him that while she was in labor, she was worried that she was not going to deliver using the appropriate birthing method because she had had a cesarean section in the past. You're supposed to not do a V-back to a cesarean, have a vaginal birth after a cesarean. She said that her biggest fear was that the pressure from her attempts to push the baby out vaginally would rip her C-section scar open. She bared down and knew that she had to do something, Mr. Weeks said, adding that Miss Jackson could feel her C-section scar stretching. She was trying to figure out how she was going to survive this and how the baby would survive. She just bared down and found a way. Now, again, guards at the jail didn't even notice that Tammy Jackson had given birth until they found her in her cell holding the baby at 10 a.m. That's when the doctor came in. It sounds to me like they did not handle the situation appropriately because if they couldn't get the doctor to come more promptly, then they should have gone back and assessed the situation. And if necessary, they should have called 911 and they didn't do that. For the seven preceding hours, Jackson was locked in her cell alone. She was bleeding, in labor, and then forced to birth her own baby. It's outrageous. It's inhumane. Now, Jackson, who was already suffering from mental illness, suffered the trauma of the delivery because she had to figure out how to deliver the baby all by herself. I personally don't think I would know what the hell to do. I don't know nothing about birthing babies. You told me you knew everything about it. (gasps) That was from Gone with the Wind back during the Civil War. I mean, my God, I still don't know nothing about birth and no babies. Don't we have people for that now? I mean, my God, it's 2022. And Broward Assistant Public Defender Gordon Weeks says, hey, the baby's lucky to be alive.
1: If this went a drastically different way and that child would have expired or died, you know, we would have had a completely different situation.
0: Yeah. Little Miranda, that's the baby's name, was born at term and was taken to the hospital after her mother gave birth to her on the jailhouse cell floor. So Miranda's grandmother told WPLG Local 10 that it just broke her heart that her grandbaby was born in a jail cell. Well, I didn't know that my grandchild was born
1: in isolation on the floor.
0: What's up with that? Yeah, what's up with that? I cannot imagine being pregnant and having to give birth by yourself in a jail cell in 2022 in the United States of America, let alone Broward County. The medical care pregnant women receive behind bars varies widely from state to state, facility to facility, whether the woman is in federal custody and a lot of jails and prisons don't consistently track pregnancies. It's hard to say how many incarcerated women actually give birth, let alone what type of care they receive. Florida's second Dignity for Incarcerated Women bill, the Tammy Jackson Act, was signed into law by Governor Ron DeSantis. The Dignity Florida Coalition of Formerly Incarcerated Women, their families, and advocacy organizations across Florida promoted the bill's passage. Nearly a year later, the thought of what her daughter went through still brings tears to the grandmother's eyes, but now there's a little bittersweetness because the law will keep her name alive. The first Dignity for Incarcerated Women's Bill was passed with unanimous bipartisan support from the Florida legislature, and it was called Ava's Law in memory of Ava Thompson. It was a baby that tragically passed away after her mother, Erica Thompson, was denied the necessary care while in custody at the Alachua County Jail and was forced to give birth in her cell. This was August 9th, 2021. Erica was six months pregnant at the time, was arrested for two active warrant charges of felony violation of probation, and failure to appear on a traffic charge. She was placed in the Alachua County Jail, and despite alerting the nurse that she was having contractions, Erica received no medical help. She gave birth that evening alone in her cell. Her daughter, Ava, was then transported to the hospital where doctors say they did not believe that they could save her due to her small size. Remember, she was just six months along. Ava survived for a few hours before passing away, an outcome that Thompson believes could have been avoided had the medical staff done more. Erica stated, I basically held my baby all night until she died, until she turned blue. (sighs) And recounted the harrowing day as one she'll never forget. Prison staffers called EMS when they saw the labor was real. Thompson told the newspaper her daughter had already been delivered and the umbilical cord cut by the time EMS arrived. By the way, Thompson had been jailed for violation of probation on a perjury charge. So, of course, this heartbreaking event of a dead baby to a woman who was in jail because of a probation violation for perjury led to protests outside of the Alachua County Jail, where people made their support for Thompson known and questioned why and how she was put in such a position to give birth in her cell alone. So that bill was also signed into law by the governor and ensures that women receive free menstrual and health care products while incarcerated. Erica Thompson giving birth to Ava Thompson, who died. Then you have Tammy Jackson, who gave birth to a baby, and they amended Ava's law. In her name, Tammy Jackson died 18 months after she gave birth to her baby. Then you have the recent death of Caitlin Barnes, who was 19, dying from pregnancy complications. So although there's no national standards of care that exist for pregnant women in jails and prisons, state regulations do vary. And in April 2019, Maryland became the first state to ban prisons from placing pregnant women in solitary confinement, previously something routinely done in that state. There's also more laws banning officers from shackling or restraining women to prevent them from moving Freely during childbirth, can you imagine having your legs shackled together while you're trying to give birth? It's just it's inhumane. It's medieval. Usually, this involves chaining women's limbs together and or to the bed while they give birth in a hospital. It can also happen in jails and prisons, but is less common because of increased security. In 2018, the First Step Act prohibited the use of restraints on pregnant women held in federal prisons. In addition, at least 29 states have passed laws prohibiting this practice, although the laws aren't always followed. Okay, well, of course, this is traumatic for the mother, but what about the baby? How would you like to know that you were born in a prison? Is that what it says on your birth certificate? Also, my hope is that now that men can have babies, they'll understand what we women have been going through. Anyway, I wanted to thank you, dear listener, for being such a loyal fan of my Full Rigger podcast. I also wanted to let you know, if you're interested, I have some Full Rigger swag available in my Etsy store, Brimley Boutique. I'm selling Full Rigger totes, that's a tote bag, mugs, and mouse pads. Please go to my store on Etsy, it's called Brimley Boutique, and pick out something for yourself or a special someone for the holidays. I mean, nothing says Christmas like Florida True Crime. Well, that wraps up this episode of Full Rigor. Thanks for listening. Until next time.